So as I was finished passing around the room, I want to share with this this morning. I just want to add to our empowered mission, and uh, just want to share, building off of last week. And some of you weren't here last week, but I'm going to I'm going to give you a little snippet of last week. And I just it just I couldn't it just I, it wouldn't let go of me. So uh, I want us to talk about the empowered mission of growing a fruitful and weedless uh, vineyard. Uh, I, I, Marianne asked me, well, are you going to, are you going to share about like going to the national conference? And I'm still kind of stewing on that. Uh, it was a week ago. I came back. Uh, we have a leadership meeting this Friday night. And, and so I'll share more and just kind of unpack more. I wanted to do it with our leaders first, but I can give you the highlight. So I got to see the Bryant family. Some of you don't know the Bryant family, but the Bryant family were, were with us for about five years they started giving birth to kids. Their first child was Lucy. Lucy is this blonde-headed, curly, bubbly, infectious child. And so I was going to have dinner with uh, the Bryants. And so I was waiting in the lobby of this very large church in uh, Denver. And here came Lucy across the mezzanine. And she's waving. And I'm, and I'm just, my heart's starting to race fast. And then there's this long staircase and so she's, you know, bouncing down the staircase with Noel. And she got close to the landing. And I got down on my knee. She hits the floor, runs across, jump, almost knocks me down, jumps into my arms. I thought, man, this is the whole reason I, I came to Denver was for, for this song. It was so great. Now, Molly, their other second child, another Molly in the world, is great. But she's not, she's not walking yet, so we don't... We're not connecting yet. But anyway, that was really great. But I could tell you two things. One, I want to read you a prayer that just is kind of the beginning of just the heart of what the national conference was. And then I want to give you a statement which then ties into where we are. But this is, this is a prayer. It's a new song that was written for the national conference. God of our mothers and fathers, come now. And move among us. What you did before, come and do once more. We want to be part of your story. God of our mothers and fathers, show your glory to your sons and daughters. What you did back then, come and be again. We want to see your power in our presence. In our day, in our time, come and move in this place. Come and move, God. Move, God. Move, God. In this place, God of our mothers and fathers, send your spirit just like you promised. You can have your way. Visit us today. We want to see your power in our presence. God of our fathers and mothers, come be our God. God of our fathers and mothers, come be our God. And this is what I really want you to hear. Come take the vineyard you planted and make us new wine. Come take this vineyard you planted. And make us new wine. For some of us, we won't know. The beginning of the vineyard movement was in the Jesus movement. And that was an incredible time. That was a sovereign time of the heavens opening up and God the Holy Spirit coming. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people came to faith. You can't replicate that. You can't make that up. You you can't put revival on the the marquee of your church building and God's going to. It, it just, that doesn't happen. But the heart of the vineyard is God, which I think is really interesting for us because 
I would love to see that sort of an, 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 just an overwhelming response to the good news of Jesus in our city. We have thousands and thousands of people moving in. What a great time to get to know people and for people to come to know Jesus. So kind of what I walk away with is that as a movement, we partner with the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's one of our core values. We partner with the Holy Spirit. And I'm really, really grateful that, you know, as I'm away, I'm so grateful that Otto and Becca are taking care of teaching here. They did a great job. And then Becca, I don't, I don't know if, you, if this hit you like it hit me last week. But she said, remember, we're the garden, not the gardener. So it's really not our job to bear fruit. It's the gardener who we say, I'm in the garden, and through your care of me, I will bear fruit. That's, pretty, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty incredible thought, if you think about it. That was just amazing. So I want to just take that thought and just expand it a little bit this morning. Once, once we've been grafted into the vine... That vine, the Bible teaches us, is Jesus. Once we've been grafted in, and that just, it just comes by confessing trust in Him. I mean, there, I, mean I, I feel very fortunate. I remember the day, the time, the place when someone asked me, would you like to follow Jesus? And I said, yes. Um, I was 17. My family was largely unchurched. Hearing the story of Jesus for the first time in my life when I was 17. So that, that I, I remember that very, very clearly. Some of us, it's just not that clear. We kind of just kind of grew into uh, this confession of trust in Jesus. But the point is, here we are today, and, and I would hope that each one of us, would our, our, our acknowledgement would be, I, I'm following Jesus, and I want to follow Jesus. So that, that's how we're grafted into the vine. It's by faith, trust, confession of faith in Jesus. So our job, once we're grafted in, our job is to remain attached to him. Our job is to remain in relationship with him. As the father does the work of the gardener, which results in the bearing of good fruit. There's a good result. Something better comes out of our life in that process. Now how, the question would be, how do we remain attached to Jesus? And that is we partner with the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot stay attached to Jesus. He helps us remain in relationship with the Father and the Son. We're going to learn today that we're just going to get the encouragement from Paul's letter to the Galatians. We're to go about life in relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's like walking through life with your best friend. I'm in relationship with the Holy Spirit. That means I know the Holy Spirit as a person, not a concept, not a power, but a person. And I go about life, all of life, wherever I am, go about life in relationship with the Holy Spirit, which then means I follow the lead of the Holy Spirit I live by the Holy Spirit, and we're guided by the Holy Spirit. So all of those are the ways that we stay attached to the vine, to Jesus, and we're in a position then to bear fruit.
So Galatians 5, verse 16 to 26 is where we're going to be. And I'll put it just in paragraphs. So this is what Paul writes to us. This is the word of encouragement to us. My counsel is this. Live freely, animated and motivated by God's Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, if we're in a church church environment and we feel bondage, guess what? The Holy Spirit's not in charge. Don't you love it? Live freely, animated, motivated by God's Spirit. Then, Then you won't feed the compulsions of your selfishness. For there is a root of our sinful self-interest in us that it's, it's at odds with a free spirit. Flesh and spirit do not mix. They're, they're, a, they're in opposition to one another. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical. So that you cannot live at times one way and at other times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? Again, the encouragement is simply partner with the Holy Spirit. You may, you may think, well, you're making this real simple. I'm not making it simple. The, the Bible makes it simple. And we complicate it. Go about all of life in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have to let people know that you're talking to the Holy Spirit. That might be a little weird walking through you know, Walmart and talking to the Holy Spirit out loud. But you can still do it in your head. Go about all of life. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what's so incredible to me. When we partner with the Holy Spirit in these ways, we do not feed the compulsions of our selfishness. If I concentrated all day on all the weeds in my life, and I just got busy trying to pull out all the weeds, that's my concentration. Guess what? I wouldn't pull them all out. The faith that we have in Jesus focuses on, don't focus on your failure, focus on the one that can move you beyond it. So that when those selfish things rise in me, if I will say, Holy Spirit, I'm about to be really selfish. Help me. Guess what? He helps. Holy Spirit, lead me. Guess what? He leads us. I mean, it I mean it I don't know how I don't know how it could get any easier than that, other than we're just like stubborn. The weeds in our garden are uprooted, not by us, but by the gardener. 
Our job is to stay in relationship with the Holy Spirit. To put our focus there. The weeds, if we choose, can grow. And this is not a this is like this is not like a very encouraging list. So you're ready for a little discouragement? If we choose not to live in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get our own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. Our our sexual identity is like totally destroyed by selfishness. We We will never discover intimacy if it's driven by selfishness. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyous grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved. Divided homes, divided lives, small-minded, lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled, uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. And then I wish he wouldn't say this, and I could go on. In and of ourselves, we make a mess of life. And so the solution of that is not to focus on the mess we make. The solution is to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, you live within me. Holy Spirit, you animate me. Holy Spirit, you are my life. Holy Spirit, I need to to stay focused on you and I need to go about living life in relationship with you. When that happens, when we do that, these weeds don't grow in our garden. If they start sprouting up, again, we can identify it and we can say help. Get our focus back where it needs to be on the right relationship with the Holy Spirit and move on. And the gardener will pull out that weed. I feel like we spend so much effort trying to weed the weeds out of our own life and each other's lives and it doesn't work. Our focus is in the wrong place. The focus needs to be on the relationship we have with the Helper, the Holy Spirit. When we choose not to partner with the Holy Spirit, weeds grow. When we go about life without intentional daily relationship with the Holy Spirit, weeds grow. When we do not follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, weeds grow. It, I mean, it just comes, that's it. That's, that's all that is trying, Paul's trying to communicate that to us. But then, if we are following the lead, if we're living intentionally in that relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we begin to see a fruitfulness. But what happens when we live the way, when we live God's way, that is in relationship with Him, dependent upon Him, asking Him for help? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, 
serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We feel ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. How, how does love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, how does that grow in our lives? How, how, does, how do our lives become fruitless? I mean, fruitful and weedless. Again, you're back to, you partner with the Holy Spirit. We partner with it. We live by the Spirit. And then you could put in parentheses, to, we, die, we die by the flesh. Flesh kills. Spirit brings life. We're guided in all of life by the Holy Spirit. We're the garden. And the gardener tends us until there's fruit. Our job is to stay faithful in relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what we get to do. We get to choose. Today, I'm going to live in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, we have an allotment in the garden. An allotment is a British term. So we have friends in England. I love to... They get really excited about their allotment. Nobody has a very big yard. And so in a neighborhood, they'll have a neighborhood garden... Uh, you know, maybe an acre, and then everybody has their little plot, their allotment. I want you to keep that in your mind. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about and only gets in the way. That's a powerful statement. If we try to legislate getting the weeds out, we try to legislate getting the fruit on, it's not going to work. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everybody else calls necessities is killed off for good. Crucified. We, 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 want, we want that selfish impulse, that flesh, to be put on the cross. Dead. Since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit... Let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or make sure that it's not just an idea in our head or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means that we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. So that's where we together as a local community are God's garden. You have a plot. You have an allotment. Now, if I walk around and just I just notice, oh, George, George has, you know, he has a green thumb. And so George, I mean, he's really producing a lot of fruit. Uh, Susan could relate last week with Becca with the black thumb. I can't grow in. So I then, then Susan, there's not much growing in her garden. <laughs> if, we, if that's what we, if we spend our time walking around 
and noticing what is in everybody else's allotment, then we're going to miss the point, right? So together, we're the garden. We are, we're each in our own allotment. But each of us, again, connected to one another, we, we've got to make a choice. And again, I just want to make the choice as simple as I believe the Bible is making it. Let's choose to go about life in daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. How many of us struggle with saying, our Father in the heavenlies? How many of you, how many of you struggle addressing our Father in heaven? Anybody have trouble saying that? How many of us have trouble saying, Lord Jesus? How many of us sometimes struggle with saying, Holy Spirit? In a, just like a normal way, like you're addressing a person. I mean, I know it's a different name. That's a different kind of name. I don't know anybody with a name like Holy Spirit. But that's the name we've got. So let's normalize. We have a relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, one God. Can't explain that. Not going to take the time today. Even talk about it. But go about, you know, what was really fun for me spending time in this passage is that I kind of woke up in the night just having conversations with the Holy Spirit. Now, that didn't seem weird. I just said, Holy Spirit, da-da-da-da-da-da. I woke up, hey, Holy Spirit, da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm not telling you what I was talking about. Holy Spirit. And just, just the terminology that the Bible gives us, Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, bring life to me. Holy Spirit, I want to go about living in relationship with you. Follow his lead. Live by the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide. And maybe maybe the, the most fundamental thing that any of us could do is just when we get in a pickle, to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. And if you say that 1,000 times in one day, guess what? He's going to be glad to say, I'm glad to help you. He He never gets tired of us asking him for help. He never gets to a place and says, well, you you know, you ought to be able to do this by yourself now. He doesn't get to that place. He wants to help us. It's all of us. Again, we're in this garden together. And we want that to be a garden of of, of bountiful fruit. And therefore, each of us in our own little allotment have got to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. So I come back, I just keep coming back to the same place during this Pentecost season. Are we together in one place? Is this something we can do together? We've got to do it individually. I mean, I'm not going to be following you around tomorrow to remind you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. But can we do this? So I, I truly believe that what God, God is looking for communities of people who say together, we can do this.
This week, we, we're all going to commit to asking the Holy Spirit to help us as we go about living our individual lives, but we're still connected. Holy Spirit, help us. So if you can, if you can make, I mean, you're, I just, I mean, I'll go for it at least just one time this week. Ask the Holy Spirit to help. If you can do that, I just stand up. If you, if you can make that commitment, you're gonna, I can do that. One time this week. Now, it would really be great if we knew what time that was going to be and what day. Because then we could like all do it together. But I, tr- I truly believe strong, and this is, this is what this season of Pentecost has done to me. I, I believe that part of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was that, the, that, that, that 120 disciples, they were, in the, they were in the same place in heart, in mind, and physically. And the Spirit of God filled them. I, I believe, come, come fill your church once again, that prayer we, we sang. I, I think the church is in desperate need of being filled again by the Holy Spirit. And the way that we can participate in that is that we can just be together in simple ways in one place. Holy Spirit, help me. If that can become something that you and I begin to live with in life, I believe that's a contribution to inviting the Holy Spirit to come again and fill the church and begin to, to, to share that great, the best news that the planet's ever gotten to the cities around us. All right? Well, Holy Spirit, we come to this place. We've said, yes, we can, we can do this. But I know that without your empowerment, we can't do this. So, Holy Spirit, come. Would you come? And empower each of us. And empower all of us. So that this simple commitment that we've made would become a reality in our lives. And I pray that we would learn just simply to know you. To talk to you. To listen to you. And and especially to ask you for help. Help us. Because you're the helper. That's what you're here to do. In Jesus' name. So thank you for our time together. Uh, it would be fun next week if you, if you come back and like you said, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit to help me. And he did. And you could like tell your story. That might be kind of fun. We don't have to keep that secret, you know. All right. All right. Thank you very much for our time together.